0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, the store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and this week, it's all about cheese. The good cheese, which we'll get to in just a moment. How is everyone? This past week was, uh, was kind of nuts for me. A lot of life things happening. Keon got covid after going to the New Kids on the Block concert. He was probably the only one who wore a mask at the concert because he follows the rules. But unfortunately, it did not work. Him and his two friends that he went with to the concert all got COVID as well. Uh, And ironically, my cousin Janice, who lives in Maryland, shout out to Janice, um, she also tested positive this week for COVID after she went to the New Kids on the Block concert. So moral of the story... If you have tickets to go see New Kids on the Block, you know, just stay home. You know, it's fine. You can see clips on YouTube. (laughs) Um, In other news, I got a promotion at work this week. It was uh, unexpected and super exciting. It feels like a big jump from where I am currently. So I'm pretty jazzed about, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. Um, And hopefully it doesn't take over my life. Uh, But I will, you know, I'll always make time for Ina and the good vanilla. Don't, don't you listeners fret for a moment. Speaking of which, uh, let's get into this episode. This is Back to Basics season 19, which is the uh, the newest season. This is episode eight and it's called Good Cheese. And I was going to do, I don't know when I'll do them, even though 45 minutes doesn't seem like a long time because I, I recap like movies and, like, other TV shows that are much longer than the good, uh, you know, the Barefoot Contest on my other podcasts. But they're uh, the, – what is it called? Be My Guest, which – it's, like, Be My Guest with Ina Garten is now available on Discovery+. And the guests are fine. I don't know all of them. I know, like, Juliana Margulies is on one of them. And, of course, like, Rob Marshall is on one of them. I forget who the other people are. I think there's only, like, five or six episodes out – and they're 45 minutes, so I feel like one of these days I'll do one. You know, I'll bite the bullets, and um, maybe I'll do the Juliana Margulies one. I love her. Anyway, uh, let's get into this. So Ina begins. She says, I'm sharing incredible recipes, and they all involve cheese. Sharp white cheddar, Monterey Jack, and cream cheese become fresh crab nachos, an amazing appetizer. Baked raclette is the best gooey rich lunch I know, and it's all cheese. Ricotta makes the most amazing cake with lots of fresh figs, and goat cheese is the key to my perfect panko crusted rack of lamb, a fast and fancy dinner. I had a, tr- I had a lot of trouble there with that perfect panko crusted rack. Perfect panko crusted rack. Say that three times fast. Um, I'm excited. I love cheese, except blue cheese. Sorry, y'all. Um, but anything with cheese on it is just made better. I I think honestly, if I was a top like top three cheeses, let me think about this one. I should have thought about this as I. But let's let's see if we could do this. Maybe I'll just list them out in no particular order. Like I love a fresh mozzarella. I love it. But honestly, like it doesn't really have a lot of flavor. You know what I mean? I mean, it does, but I like it on top of things. Like, of course, just like a margarita pizza or just melted on like, I don't know, anything really. Um, I do love Swiss a lot. Swiss might be my number one, which I know might not be the most popular answer, but oh God, I just love it so much. Um, Gruyere, which is, I feel like a type of Swiss or at least is, at least is like Swiss adjacent, you know what I mean? Like I, I love like a good ooey gooey cheese. What else? um I like a cheddar. You know, I would do a cheddar. I'll do a smoked gouda. But they're not. I mean, honestly, I guess it's just like I'll come up with a third one before the end of the episode, probably. Let me. Let me. I'm like staring off into the distance, thinking about food, but or cheese. Um, I mean, I like a good part, a parmesan. Why not? So I, if I was to rank those I'd say like parmesan as Ina would call it is third and mozzarella is number 2 and swiss is number 1. Oh, it's so good. Maybe even gruyere is number 1 to be honest. Oh, love it. Anyway, so Ina starts she's in the library. <laughs> she's she's holding a box of Philadelphia cream cheese and some other type of hard cheese. Her collar is stiff. I wrote it in all caps in my notes. Um, it is, it, she almost looks like Count Dracula. It, it's crazy. Like, it's almost comical. So if, if you have access to Discovery+, Plus, like, please go look at this collar, because it is, <laughs> it is wild. Um. So Ina, still in the library, she says, I have a confession. Cheese is my guilty pleasure. Whenever I'm cranky, a piece of cheese always makes me feel better. Same, Ina. Same. Uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, I love a good like slice of cheese. I like a good provolone. That's another one. That's probably in the top five. Um, I We always have cheese in, in uh, the house. Usually it's like a provolone or a Swiss like in slice form. And then got to have some sprinkle cheese. You know what I mean? I, I typically do like a sharp cheddar situation. Every once in a while I'll buy like a little like knob of Gruyere. You know what I mean? If I'm feeling fancy at Aldi. Um, and but Keon doesn't really he's he's kind of he's basically lactose intolerant. So it's like he would not be able to eat these crab nachos. I'll tell you that much as she was making this. I was like, oh, my God, Keon!" and anyone else who is lactose intolerant would intolerant would not be able to eat that, the nachos but so with that being said too like he still eats cheese it's just like in moderation so if I buy a, if I buy like nice cheese I'm the one who's going to be eating it and most of the time I have to eat it with some kind of bread like a carb of some sort so it's it's a slippery slope but I do love cheese okay so let's get into these fresh crab nachos this looks so good um so she starts by grating up some Monterey Jack and uh, some sharp cheddar. And she does that in the food processor. And next up is the crab meat mixture, which starts with cream cheese, mayo, and sour cream. (laughs) Really healthy stuff here. Um, But it's, I mean, you gotta. Uh, So then she adds to that, she adds uh, some scallions, some green chilies, some fresh lime zest, and then 16 ounces of lump crab meat. And she says, make sure uh, that you use lump Uh, as opposed to, like, the shredded crab meat, because she's like, although that's perfectly fine, you don't get those, like, bites of, you know, the bigger bites of meat, which I would agree. It probably costs, like, a thousand dollars, but, you know, it's worth it. So she sprinkles some salt and pepper into that mixture and, uh, you know, gives it a good mix. I would eat this mixture, like, as is. (laughs) Like, I just wanted, like, a tortilla chip to dip into that, Um, but of course she She turns up the volume a little bit, you know? So she lays out some tortilla chips on a sheet pan, and she does this uh, in two layers, which I love. Um, Let's talk about nachos for a moment, too, because I think there are a couple rules that have to be followed when you order... Like, the best nachos that I've got at restaurants are the ones where there's a little bit of chips, and then they put, like, a little bit of sprinkle cheese in there, and then another layer of chips. Like, I love... There's nothing worse than, like, when you get nachos and all the toppings are just, like, in this huge, like, lump on top. So, and then, like, all the chips underneath it get, like, saturated. I mean, I'll still eat them. Let's make no mistake about that. But I I think the the problem with that is that once that center, like, topping, like, mound of toppings is done, then you're just, like, you're left with, like, a plate of chips. There's no cheese on it. There's no nothing. I think there's an art to, like, a really well-made Nacho, to be honest, and Ina is, Ina is honoring that, which I really love. And I I said there was like a whole bunch of rules, but really the rule is, just layer your nachos and put toppings in between and make it nice. Make it nice, Dorinda Medley. Um, and also I this may cause some, uh, you know, this might be controversial, but um, I don't love nacho cheese it's like the kind of cheese you would get like a baseball game or like a you know like a local Friday night football game I I don't love it I I think it's fine like I I will eat it but it's not my favorite I'd rather have like melted sprinkled cheese because you got to have that like gooey like pull you know what I mean and I think like in every nacho platter if you do it right there's always like that one chip that's like the best bite you know I get in there. I have I, I don't hold back when it's nacho time. You know, I think that's, you know, every and they're hard to serve because most of the time you just kind of like dive in. But there's always that one chip that's like just the perfect amount of cheese. And you get a little sour cream on there, maybe like one pickled jalapeno. And it's just, you know, maybe you have some meat on it. Maybe you don't. But um, oh, I love it so much. The only thing that I don't like on my nachos is olives. Although I would eat it. If I had, like, a couple beers, I'd eat it. It's not, like, egregious, but it is unwelcomed. (laughs) But I do like olives in other forms. It's weird. Anyway... Okay, so Ina is building. I lost my place in my notes here. Uh, Okay, so she arranges the chips, like the first layer of um, tortilla chips on the bottom, and then she dollops like half of the crab meat mixture on top of the chips. Then she sprinkles some of the cheese on, and then she sprinkles some jalapenos, some pickled jalapenos on top. Ugh, chef's kiss. It is just, it's so good. I'm so excited about these nachos. Okay, then the second layer of chips, you know, she repeats more cheese, more crab meat. um, and Ina does her classic. She's like, I have to say, people go crazy when I make this, and yeah, I, I'm I, I would be one of those people that go that went goes crazy. What am I trying to say for these? Because I I've never seen this before. It almost seems like a New England nacho. She should have called it that because, like you know, crab meat, you know, seafood, very New England. Anyway, um, so into the oven they go at 375 for 25 minutes. And while that bakes, she's going to make a salsa topping for it. This salsa looks great, or it sounds great. So this is, um, the salsa consists of five large plum tomatoes, diced, uh, one cup of onion, three tablespoons of diced jalapeno, not pickled jalapeno, just like a raw jalapeno, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's the word? Uh, some fresh squeezed lime juice, some good olive oil, she says, avocado, and then parsley, which is, of course, I mean, we'll let it slide because this, this. she does this because Ina detests cilantro, as we all know. She says, if you use cilantro, I don't want to know about it. Hmm. So that's 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 really the salsa. But I love that sort of like warning at the end. She doesn't even want to know if we use cilantro in our salsa. Um, I think it'd be interesting to try it with the parsley. It would just feel cilantro so good. I do feel bad for the people that don't love like have that sort of affliction. I don't know what you call it. I'm sure there's some fancy word where you just I know when we we talked with Remy last week that he is one of the the unlucky people that uh, hates cilantro because it tastes like soap. I get it. It's like gin. You know what I mean? I feel like people feel the same way about gin. It tastes like a Christmas tree. Um, And I often think that, like, still. Um, But I'll have a gin and tonic. I usually drink a gin and tonic, like, in the summertime for sure. It's like a nice, like, Friday after work, having a couple gin and tonics in the backyard. Oof. Love that. Um, So the nachos are done. They look so good. I... I can't get over how good these nachos look, and and I know I again I say this every week, but I would make these nachos, but then I I, Keon wouldn't be able to eat them though. Then more for me, I guess I don't know. Uh, So she puts the salsa on top of the nachos, which I love that there is because I thought it was going to be like a sort of side, like she was going to put it in a bowl and you dip your like. Uh, I guess, nacho in the bowl or into the salsa. But I love that she just sort of like layers it on top. So it's all ready. And she puts the salsa. Oh, I already, she puts the salt. I'm like repeating myself. Um, in addition to the salsa, she squeezes a little bit of fresh lime juice on top. Perfection. I am, uh, I'm in awe of these nachos. Um, okay. So next up is the baked rac- raclette. Raclette? Raclette. Raclette. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's both the name of the cheese and the dish Ina tells us. And when we were in, I think I told this story on the podcast before, but when Keon and I were in Paris, just like Ina and Jeffrey, um we were looking for some sort of like afternoon snack and we saw a shop that I think they like specialized in it. And it basically is like you can like search it on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, but like I think it's R A C L E T T E maybe. Oh gosh, I should have looked up that spelling. You'll find it. Um But it's almost like this wheel of cheese. And then they like sort of like, I don't know if they like have a flame or something near the table or if they do it like behind the scenes, but they they melt like the exposed side of the cheese and then they just like scrape it off. And it's usually served with like bread or potatoes. And it is just it looks divine. But again, as I mentioned, Kian, there would be no way that like I would be able to eat all the cheese. And it was like a big... It was a big portion, so I decided not to get it, and it was really sad. It's uh, one of my biggest regrets in Paris. <laughs> my biggest regret in Paris is when we were in, um, I'm going to say it very French, Montmartre, Montmartre. And um, we ordered, uh, there was like a crepe place, crepes for everyone in America, crepe. Um, and Keon's cousin insisted that I get uh, the crepe with butter and sugar, and that's all it is. It's just sugar and butter and like the sugar kind of like crystallizes and it's like beautiful and I was like that sounds awesome. Yeah. I was like yes. And then her uh husband ordered a Nutella crepe and I I know Nutella it's it it seems like such a basic bitch sort of crepe but like as soon as I saw his I was like I wish I would have got that cuz it looks so good. And we went to like another um you know, crepes are like, you know, it, it's, they're a dime a dozen in Paris. They're everywhere. And, but I, we'd never, we went to a couple more places and I think I got one eventually, but it was like a flat one. The one that they served, it looked like they like rolled it up in this like beautiful, like plastic thing. And it looked like a, it looked like a, what's that called? Like an ice cream cone almost. What, what is, what am I trying to say? Uh, sugar cone, cake cone, waffle cone. <laughs> there we go. Um, It just looks so good and it's my biggest regret so whenever i go back to paris it's straight to montmartre to get that i think it was montmartre i why do i think it was something else now i'm second guessing we'll just go with that i'm like thinking about it okay anyway um so raclette so Ina starts this out. She serves it in like these little ramekins, which is such a cute idea. She makes some fingerling potatoes, which she's boiled for 10 minutes and then lets them sort of steam under a tea towel to finish the cooking. Uh, And she slices them in half and then she pops over to the, the stove where some chorizo is being cooked in a saute pan. And this looks... I love the combo of like chorizo and potato. Yes, please. Um... So she adds the fingerling potatoes to the chorizo, and then adds some chablis, which is a dry white wine. And uh, next, she starts to like build each of these. So she puts them into these little—I said—I think I said ramekin before, but I meant to say gratin dishes. And she lays them. She she lays about like four or five slices on top of of the the raclette cheese on top of the chorizo and the potatoes, and then she puts like a little sprig of thyme on, just like the tiniest little sprig. Ugh. 400 degrees in the oven for nine minutes. Perfection. Uh, And while they are cooking, she whips up a vinaigrette, which consists of champagne vinegar, Dijon mustard, garlic, an egg yolk, salt and pepper, and then some olive oil to emulsify. This looks like a great um, vinaigrette. I feel like there's like the classic Aina, just like lemon vinaigrettes. But I think this one is like, you know, it has a little bit more pizzazz. And uh, so she's mixing up the salad. And she's like, I feel that people think the vinaigrette is a really scary thing to make, but it isn't. It's so easy. And that's exactly how she says it. She's almost like yelling at us, like scolding us in a way. She's like, any dum-dum can make a vinaigrette. Hmm. Like, it was just really funny the way that (laughs) she was like, because I feel like it's probably like a question that she gets often is like, I'm afraid to make vinaigrettes. And she just like slaps whoever asks it. Um... So next, Ina chops up a little, a little like cornichon, which is like a little pickle. And she like fans it out a little bit. It's hard to describe through a podcast, but it looks really cute. And um, so she brings out the raclettes; They look so good. <sighs> this episode is, a, it, it, there's a lot of great food in this episode. Because um, it's cheese, I mean, cheese just makes everything better. So she, um, she shows us like a quick table setting for this fabulous lunch. This is the lunch that I'd want to have at Ina's house. Um, it's, you know, it's a very simple table. It's like white plates, apricot or apricot, cover, uh, colored napkins, some crusty French bread, uh, the salad's in the center of the table. There's a white wine. It's perfection. It is like, it's it's it sounds like such a, <laughs> it's like a white lady thing. <laughs> I feel like so white saying this, but I would love it. I think it's like the perfect lunch. Oh my God, I'm, I... Maybe I'll make everything in this episode. Who knows? Um, So next up is a fig and ricotta cake, two of my favorite things. I love a fig. Um, So she starts out at the standing mixer making this batter, uh, which, of course, starts with butter and sugar that she's already creamed. And then she adds a few room temperature eggs, one at a time. And then to that, she adds a cup of ricotta, two tablespoons of sour cream, a splash of the good vanilla, and then some lemon zest. Uh, and the dry ingredients are, you know, the usual suspects, flour, baking powder, salt. It's it's a pretty easy cake, all things considered. Um, so she pours the batter into a springform pan. And now it's time for the figs. Uh, fresh figs. I love figs. I really do. And I never buy them. I don't know, like, when they're in season. But I feel like if I went to the grocery store now, I'd be disappointed. But I feel like figs are probably good in the summertime, right? I don't know. Maybe not in Pittsburgh. Um, so Ina, Ina tells a quick story about her and Jeffrey when they rented a house and Montepulciano in, uh, Italy and they stole figs from someone's fig tree. But to be fair, Ina says it was hanging over the road above them. And she's like, and they wouldn't miss the one fig, um, which is cute, but she could have got arrested. I would have loved if some like old Italian woman came out and like yelled at her and, Jeff- <laughs> her and Jeffrey, that would have been great. Uh, So she adds the figs, uh, you know, she cuts them into quarters and sort of arranges them in these like concentric circles in this beautiful pattern, of course. And she sprinkles some turbinado sugar on top and throws it into the oven. Uh, Once it cools down, she releases the springform pan and it just looks divine. It's just like it's one of those things that it's just simple and elegant. It's it's like textbook barefoot Contessa recipe. Um, I would love like a little ice cream on top of this, like a good vanilla bean ice cream. But Ina puts a little dollop of creme fraiche on top, which of course, of course Ina would. Um, But it looks awesome. She takes a bite and it looks great. So the last dish is this panko crusted rack of lamb. And it starts out with a sort of Uh, it's almost like a, I wouldn't call it a rub, but, uh, you know, an herb mixture of sorts. Uh, it starts out with goat cheese, um, some panko breadcrumbs, some rosemary, garlic, thyme, salt, and pepper. And then she mixes it up and adds a few glugs of olive oil to that. And then it's time for the lamb, which is partially cooked at this stage. I think she said she cooked it for like 10 minutes before she put on like this spread. Um... And so she takes it out, and then she spreads some Dijon mustard on it before, uh, not only to add flavor, but to also help like the panko breadcrumb mixture stick to the lamb. Uh, then it's back into the oven for 15 more minutes at 400. And 15 minutes later, the lamb is out of the oven. It's rested and it's ready for carving. This lamb is a little too pink for me. I don't. I like most. Of, like I like my steak. Uh, medium, medium rare ish, but like, I don't know. I don't really eat lamb that often. So, like, when she was cutting it, it just felt, it's probably good, but I, I think I'd want mine a little, maybe like five more minutes, maybe three more minutes in the oven. So, a ri- <laughs> I was going to say Ina and arranges, and it came out Arina. Arina arranges some rosemary uh, around the lamb, the rack of lamb on the platter. And she says, <laughs> Ina says, so that's lamb with goat cheese. Now, how easy is that? Or should I say, how cheesy is that? End of episode. Good one, Ina. I'll give it to you. You got to use the puns. I thought there'd be more puns in this episode. But, um, you know, I give it like a like a C plus, B minus for that ending. How cheesy is that? Um, it's cute. And that's the episode. I mean, some great recipes here. I I am... I'm up for making those fresh crab nachos, like ASAP, like who's coming over? Because it just seems, it seems like the perfect appetizer. And I think friends would go crazy as long as they're not <laughs> lactose intolerant. They would go straight to the bathroom is where they would go if they ate those. But huh, a good episode, y'all. Um, I think that's all I have for you. So thank you everyone for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. I've gotten so many reviews over the last two weeks. It's been so lovely. If you can't leave a review or if you don't know how, just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic about the podcast. That also works too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov, And you can find me on my other two podcasts these days, The Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, where... I think this is the last episode this week of uh, we're covering the All-Star 7 winner's season of RuPaul's Drag Race with my good pal Amanda Kaczynski who is going to be a guest next week if all goes well. I can't wait for her to come on the pod. And of course my other podcast, the best supporting podcast with Colin Drucker. This month we are covering, uh, we're doing Grey's Anatomy episodes, old school Grey's Anatomy, like the beginning ones. And we're just going to like focus on different characters, like a, you know, like a, um, a Christina Yang episode and maybe like a daily episode like the best supporting actresses of Grey's anatomy and we are also covering season one of smash on our patreon which i am so excited for a deep cut for all of you musical theater lovers out there um smash was a show that came out years ago on nbc and it's a beautiful disaster so i can't wait for that um i think that's all i have so thanks for listening everyone stay safe and i'll see you next time